0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: It's a Thursday, one week from opening day for the Dallas Cowboys and the NFL football season. And we are, of course, Riled up on the Cowboys, getting you riled up for the Cowboys season as we get you ready to go with my man Tom Ryle and myself, Roy White. Of course, you can follow us on social media at rw 3 for myself on Twitter at TomRyleBTB for the gentleman that is so kindly co-hosting with me today. And Tom, we are here, baby. Is this the official start of the regular season now? We are just discussing this off the air. Regular season begins. Did the off season officially end this week?
2: Yeah, I, it's, it's a little bit fluid because roster building doesn't stop at any particular time. As has been said, it's 365 days a year. But I think the initial 53-man roster is kind of the delineation point. Everything up until that point, has been off season training camp preseason, which is all lumped into the off season. 53 man roster comes out. Now we are officially in the prep for the regular season. So, um, you know, there will still be changes. There have been changes. I mean, just yesterday we had, you know, a couple of, I think, fairly significant signings.
1: Yeah. We'll uh, get right into them because they are significant.
2: Yeah. So they, the first off, the Cowboys did something that I was really hopeful, hoping to see. They, they claimed uh, Will Greer, uh, quarterback, to come in and be in the quarterback room for now, the third quarterback. But my question is, uh, is he really QB3 or is he expected to become the QB2? And uh, it puts Cooper Rush's status on the roster, I think, rather in jeopardy um, because I could see them keeping Greer and releasing Rush, possibly trying to get him out of the practice squad to correct the one mistake I think they made there. And, uh, you know, so that is something that was a little bit surprising because it happened so fast.
1: Yeah, Uh, here I was this week thinking I was going to come in and pat you on the back, Tom, after our discussion a week ago in regards to the battle between Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush, and we disagreed. I thought Garrett Gilbert still kind of had the inside track, and to me, again, and I'll bring this point up again here in just a sec to pat myself on the back, but in your case, you thought Cooper Rush had the inside track, had done enough to where it was now his job to lose. You turned out to be correct on that point. However, I think at that same time, I said if I were ranking the options that the Cowboys had available, in my opinion, I would rank them outside option number one, Garrett Gilbert number two, Cooper Rush number three. So ultimately, I may be able to celebrate a little bit as well, because I think yeah. they decided to go with outside option in Will, Will Greer. Now, from the standpoint of winning you a football game, right, does Will Greer inspire confidence? Season ago played in a game in which he threw for 250 yards and threw three picks, right? Another game he played in, he threw a pick six that wound up costing his team the football game. So from that standpoint, I don't necessarily feel any more confident than I would have with Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush in that position. However, it's the familiarity that Will Greer brings to the table with Doug Nussmeier and the two of them having worked together when Greer was in college that – has allowed the two of them to have a little bit of a relationship that you would imagine is one that Nussmeier will lean on in the quarterback room as he tries as he tries to build his relationship more so with Dak Prescott.
2: Yeah, and i i like I like the fact that he's got a bit more experience than than Rush does, and he had more experience than I think Gilbert did in total. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's that's a bit of a plus for him. Um a lot of people seem to like the decision. They think he's a good candidate to be the the QB2, the primary backup. Uh, it's it's one of those things that they may actually have to make a roster move to sort things out after the first game. So there's a lot of holes going on, a lot of things happen. Uh, something else that happened was uh, that the of course that they, uh, signed uh, running back Corey Clement uh, shortly after they claimed Greer, which was another rather fast reaction. Uh, didn't see that, didn't expect them to make that move nearly as quick. Uh,
1: yeah, not as but, quick, but we did expect them to make that move. We did expect them yeah, to, go, I, to look outside the organization at a veteran running back. You and I both spoke ex- about exactly that yeah, ago. Yeah, um, and I
2: thought, I just had thought they would probably take a little bit more time to shop around and see what was out there. But they jumped on him, and what really is attractive about him is he's a special teams ace, which is a big thing for your third running back, uh, which is, is I think, why they didn't go with uh, some of the other options they had to be on the 53-man roster.
1: Yeah. Well, veteran presence and, and you know, a running back that in his time right now, granted, he just came over to us from the New York Giants. He had previously and probably the highlight of his career spent time with the Philadelphia Eagles, where he at times um, was, I don't want to say a bell cow running back, but getting 15 to 20 carries or getting 15 to 20 touches within a football game over a three to four game span. I don't think it ever extended much longer than that, and it was never for an entire season for Corey Clement. But I did want to touch one more before we get past the quarterbacks because there was another quarterback that became available that a lot of people thought might make for a better fit had the Cowboys waited a little bit longer. And that was one Cameron Newton. Of course, from a pedigree standpoint, former number one overall pick versus Will Greer, a third rounder pick 100 back in 2019 um cam newton released by the new england patriots and a lot of people thought well could he be the guy that backs up dak prescott i think prescott i think you and i are on the same page here but i just want to hear your reasoning as to why cam newton would not have been the right guy for this position that is needed from the cowboys
2: well um the Let me give you the secondary reason first, and that is that the Cam Newton of now is not the Cam Newton that was lighting the league on fire when he first came in. But the primary reason is he's a vaccine holdout. And the the Cowboys have made it very clear that they are not going to put an, un- an unvaccinated player, especially into the quarterback room, because – that can wipe out your whole team. I mean, we saw last season, the game get played with no quarterback on the roster. The Broncos, I think had to put a wide receiver in, uh, and muddle through very poorly. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys are not going to risk that. And it's not so much because of the dangers of catching the disease or the symptoms it's because of the way the NFL rules are structured. That you have to go into quarantine and you know if, if something were to crop up on a friday and dak prescott is exposed i don't believe that's enough time for him to clear uh the the protocols even if he is not infected at all even if the other person was carrying the infection but did not transmit it that's just the way the rules are it's too risky and you know, Urban Meyer came right out and said that he was using vaccination status as a, uh, a criteria, which the NFLPA is wishes to have a few words with him about that. Bill Belichick came out and denied it. And I don't think anybody believed he was telling the truth. You know, that's the general impression that he too is looking at vaccine status, specifically with Cam Newton, uh, so yeah, he was just, he was a non-starter at all for the Cowboys to go out and
1: get. If he was vaccinated, would he have been the huh? right guy? If he was vaccinated though, if he acquiesced to the terms that would be necessary to ensure that at least he's in the best position possible. Like I, I'll say it myself. I still don't think he would have been the right guy for this position. And a part of it is the talent level, right? I mean, I do need a guy that, like, with these weapons, these this might be the most talented set of weapons that Cam Newton would have ever dealt with and thrown to in his career. However, you know, there are aspects of Cam Newton being on a football team, and I don't want to turn this into, you know, he's a me guy, because I don't think he's that. I actually think he's a very good teammate, but there would be aspects of him being on the football team that I don't think would sit well with this locker room especially this locker room that is I mean so much in Dak Prescott's corner right yeah Um, and not that I think Cam Newton would sway that in any way but that was a part of the reports up there in New England was that he was struggling to bring the locker room together and bring the locker room completely behind him
2: yeah and this whole question of how much could he take that QB2 role Um, I, I, am like you, I don't know he would ever been a viable solution for the Cowboys. People are just trying to look at, oh, here's some game tape of him really tearing somebody up that it's about a lot more than that. And chemistry, I think the Cowboys have a good, but kind of delicately balanced chemistry. Uh, you know, there's, they haven't really solidified. It's a bit fluid yet. And it could turn out very well, but it could also kind of start to go bad. And I don't think he'd have been a good element to throw into that. So, yeah, I, I doubt that he would ever have been an option, even if he was uh, vaccinated.
1: Well, let us know what you think. Hit us up on social media at rw3 at Tom Ryle BTV or at blogging the boys as to why you think Cam Newton would or wouldn't have been a good fit for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we mentioned Corey Clement as well as they added that to the running back room, a veteran to back up Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Any other surprises about the roster composition that they ultimately came to um, with cuts being made? And and again, still fluid, right? Still guys being moved in and out. They're solidifying for the most part their (laughs) practice squad. I don't know if Cowboys fans are rejoicing rejoicing at the fact that Ben DiNucci's back as a practice squatter, but that was pretty much expected for
2: uh, the yeah. people in and around the organization. Yeah. I, as far as the 53-man the roster, it's, it's a little bit hard to sort out because you know we've still got people that um, are going to go on injured reserve. We don't know exactly how they're going to handle them. It is possible that some of them, someone we think is going on injured reserve, they expect to be ready, ready in week two so they won't put them on IR so they can immediately get them on. They'll just have them on the uh, game day inactive list. Uh, you know, you look through the roster and you start wondering, well, where would the, where would they have to cut people? Uh, because they're going to have to make a, a move uh, just in order to get uh, Clement uh, on the roster. They haven't made that yet. They did release Brian Anger. To get Will Greer in, that was an administrative thing, just like they did with Jake McQuaid. There's got to be people that come off of the roster, and I don't know right now if the injured reserve candidates are sufficient to balance the COVID protocol people that are going to be coming back. It looks like they're going to have to – some of the guys on the 53-man roster are going to spend a very limited time there. Um a couple, you know, and, and just running down it, the people that I think are most vulnerable are Simi Fahoko and Malik Turner because you've got Noah Brown and most importantly, C.D. Lamb and the, the COVID protocol. That looks like a, a one-for-one swap with them uh, with uh, one or both of them probably going to the practice squad and in turn bumping a couple of the guys they have on the practice squad now. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to look at uh, Matt Farniak on the, uh, the offensive line. Um, i you know, Josh ball is going to go IR. So, but they've got, uh, Connor Williams still has to come back. Uh, and if they need to, to cut a player, they could probably roll quite well with nine offensive linemen. So Farniak is kind of hanging on by his fingernails. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like they've decided that Chauncey Goldston is indeed ready to go since they cleared him medically and he's not eligible for IR now. Uh, we, they might put, I, I expect they're going to put Neville Gallimore on IR because I don't think they know for sure that he could be ready inside of three weeks. Uh, he may actually need a little bit longer than that. Uh, but if they, you know, have to make a, a cut somewhere, Everybody's darling, including hard knocks, uh Azur Kumara, is he, he probably is just hanging on by his fingernails and could well could well wind up being being cut and then maybe they would try to get him on the practice squad.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is
1: Yeah, no, so, another one I could see to throw out there is uh, in the tight end group, right? I mean, Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin, they're definitely going to be there. Sean McKeon, it's not that they wouldn't use or have need for a third tight end. It's just that I think he's a guy that would be considered to be just a guy by many other teams and a guy that they could slide pretty much in and out of the lineup as they so chose, right? Get him, put him I on believe the he's. A, I believe
2: he's IR eligible, too.
1: Okay, he's still IR eligible, but they haven't made a
2: determination on that, correct? They haven't yet, which makes me wonder. Uh, One of the things that they can do with him is, uh, you know, put him on IR for three weeks. And Jeremy Sprinkle is on the practice squad. Uh, He could be called up uh, to the, the team for one or two weeks just to tide them over. So, you know, that's a way they can work around that there's going to be a lot of juggling of the rosters and we're not only going to see more moves. I would not be surprised if there's something that happens before this podcast goes live that we just don't know about yet. Uh, so, you know, you really have to keep your, your eyes peeled on social media, uh, but there a lot is going to happen. We're going to see several more moves Uh, even if it is just back and forth to things like IR and the COVID list. And the 53-man roster is still very much a work in progress.
1: Well, we'll see how the Cowboys continue to work it. But as Tom and I kind of alluded to, this is really the official start of the regular season. In my estimation, we are now in week zero. We've cut down the rosters to 53 men. We've completed the off-season, and now we are barreling towards week one. In fact, the installations will probably begin, if they haven't already, this week, earlier this week. And the Cowboys will have their final practice on Tuesday before heading down to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. So with that being said, right, I think now is the official time when we can actually take an overall scope of the Dallas Cowboys off-season moves – how they have all played out and how we have settled on things now as you mentioned earlier the ultimate goal settling on a 53 man roster now we're not quite there yet because of the covid situations but if you had to grade it tom what would you give it from I'll let you I'll let you go from a number standpoint 1 to 10 gives you a little bit more leeway than just a 8 Yeah half.
2: that's a little bit a little bit easier than no. letter grades and I would say it's, to me, it's like a seven or an eight. At this point, we have a lot of unproven stuff. Um, you know, it may drop if a lot of the new players don't work out. But if things go the way uh, the camp and practices indicate, it might even be a little higher than an eight, uh, you know. It's already been mentioned on blogging the boys that all 11 of the draftees made the 53 man roster. That's not extremely unusual. The Cowboys really prefer their draft picks to stick, even if they have evidence that maybe they shouldn't and they've held on to people when they shouldn't have. I don't think any of them at this point are have were bad enough that they look like a taco Charlton mistake kind of thing. So I kind of like that. And it was interesting to me that this went much better in outside free agency than we're used to seeing happen for the Cowboys. Uh, they also brought in a total of, well, it was, it was 11 before they, uh, made the move with Greer and Clement. Those guys kind of don't count because they're last-minute moves. The The free agent outside signings they have not only all made the roster, except for Sprinkle, who wound up on the practice squad, and nobody was expecting him to do much anyway. He was a uh, you know, really depth backup kind of guy, which seems to be where he might fall in. The rest of them all have specific – roles and it's pretty, it's kind of easy to figure out where they are. And some of them are very important roles. You know, you know, right now the long snapper, Jake McQuaid and the punter, Brian anger are released. They will be re-signed back. And they're obviously two of the three specialists for the special teams. So we know what their roles are. That's very easy to see. One of them's going to snap the ball, and the other one is going to to do all the play, uh, do all the punting for the team. Uh, so th- that's really to figure out for the position players outside of sprinkle. You want me to just run down them and kind of mention them, or you want well, to go Well, sure. let me.
1: People? Well, let me try to pick them all out. Right. Uh, we have Keanu Neal. Yes. We have Terrell Basham. Both. Yes. Very, very much defined. We have Brett Urban, who had a terrific. Interview with uh, with our guys from earlier this week. Another blog in the boys podcast that you can check out. The Wednesday boys talking the cow, talking the star. Uh, had him on and had a great interview with his wife, as a matter of fact, that uh, you should definitely check out. Make sure you go to our blog in the boys YouTube page as well and subscribe to the videos there because that video is posted on there as well. Uh, let's see who who, as I move down the list um, J Ron curse, Emily Cooker. Both clearly defined and expected to have big roles. Um, Let's see. I don't know exactly what number I'm at here, but uh, Ty and Seki. And who am I missing from a free agent standpoint? I think I'm missing one.
2: Did you mention DeMonte KZ? I did not mention DeMonte
1: KZ. Yep, there it is. And Carlos Watkins. Oh, and Watkins, yeah, the defensive tackle. Good point as well. But tell me I'm now not you missing another one. Did you, miss, did you mention Basham? I did mention Basham, yep. Mm-hmm. Then Got, don't got forget, him on my mind because of his uh, stand-up. Yeah, product. don't
2: forget kind of the last guy in was Malik Hooker, who actually wasn't signed until training camp.
1: Yep, and I did mention Hooker, him and J. Ron Kerr. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was, was Watkins' one, that's the one that just – I forget about him so much, and yet he's kind of at the top of the depth chart as a guy that they expect to rely on quite a bit.
2: Let's kind of run down I'm in a little bit different order here, but I've got it. I've got it pulled up here. Uh, You know, Keanu Neal. He is all he's done is come in and claim one of the starting jobs for the nickel defense which is we all know in today's nfl is really your base defense it's the one that's going to take most of the snaps because it's designed to counter 11 personnel and clear passing downs uh and that means we're going to have two new starters because he's going to pair up with first round draft pick michael parsons uh the then it's expected he will likely go off the field when they're running three linebackers in kind of a traditional 4-3 stop-the-run set. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's probably going to have more snaps than anybody except Parsons at linebacker. And, you know, he they protected him during the preseason, but he had a, a force fumble and recovery and logged some, you know, very effective tackles. And he just, you know, he gives you faith that we're not going to see the lost sense that you got from the linebackers last year when they just didn't seem to know what was going on or where they were supposed to be.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it would be nice to have some of that continuity, some of that uh, communication that was lacking there a season ago. And man, there's a lot to be excited about with this Cowboys team. I didn't give you my grade, but I'm kind of right there in the same spot with you Uh, right now. I've got it as six, right. I'm, I'm, cautiously optimistic it can rise as high as a eight right they didn't address enough in the secondary for me to be able to give them the highest possible grades that I could give them they didn't really need to do that much on offense but if I would have requested anything it would have been a little bit more depth on the offensive line than what we have here unfortunately I think that's a problem that plagues every team in the NFL so I'm not going to fault them too much for that the fact okay. that. Can I just ask you a question
2: uh, about that? Because you said they didn't do enough to address uh, the
1: secondary. Well, okay, the cornerback position, secondary, and okay. I guess they threw yeah. a lot of they threw a lot of stuff at the safety position, right? Yeah. But they're taking a, um, if I may, they're they're taking a, a Joe Rogan COVID approach where they're literally throwing the kitchen sink at it. To hope that something sticks, right? I don't know what's going to work, but I'm sure hoping that one of these four items that I've thrown their way is going to work. And I mean, give them—I give them credit for that, right? That's why I do give them marks for addressing that position. But did they address it in a way that makes any of us feel excessively comfortable? No. Are you talking, talking?
2: Talking safety or corner now? I'm talking safety. I'm talking yeah. safe. I f- I mean, okay, you've got Neil. You've got DeMonte KZ. You've got J Ron Kearse, Uh, You know, KZ is going to be another starter. He's going to line up with Donovan Wilson. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, J Ron Curse who is able to back up both free safety and strong safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've got a little bit of depth at free safety. I mean, we haven't had a real free safety in how long? Yep. now we've got a guy who that is what he does and another guy who can do it which we haven't seen in a while uh, you've got Malik Hooker yep. who's coming in uh believe he's i have to I have to go back and now got I'm jumbling things together but uh so you know well, oh, he's, uh, he, I'm sorry three. Yeah, he's, he's able to fill in at free. I think Curse is probably more a strong safety, but he can still cover well. So I kind of had Hooker and Curse mixed up in my mind there as to what their role is. So they brought in, uh, you know, that's like three outside free agents. Plus, they've moved Israel Mugwamu over, and they seem to think he's got some potential. Now, you always have to take that with a grain of salt because – they have this incredible affection for their own draft picks, as we've already mentioned, and just don't cut them loose unless they absolutely have no choice. Uh, but I think McQuaime has flashed and has some chance to grow. Uh, I can see the argument about not doing it on cornerback, but they poured a lot into the safety position this year. They they did it mostly with free agent signings. I'll give them that. Give you that, but. I kind of like what I'm seeing there more than I have
1: in a long, long time. Well, I don't disagree with any of that. I do like it comparative to where it's been in season past seasons past. But again, I think the players that they brought in each individual, one of them has their own question marks above them. Casey it's coming off of an injury hooker. It's, why his own team allowed him to walk, right? Uh, J. Ron Curse is a journeyman secondary player throughout his young career. So each one of them has, I think, a blemish to them that doesn't make you just scream and say, well, this is the guy. Instead, we're saying, well, we've got three guys and we hope one of them can, which is why, again, I don't feel, I feel optimistic, but I don't feel excessively comfortable.
2: With it. Now, this is a counter-argument. How many players that are assigned as free agents don't have some kind of a question mark across the NFL? You, you, know, you have to ask the question, first off, why are they free agents? Yeah. Some of them just become too expensive for their team. But a lot none of times... None of these guys the team, were that case. Huh?
1: No, none of these guys were that case.
2: Yeah, because that's not the way... Uh, Dallas plays the free agent game. They're not going to overspend, which means that a lot of times they don't spend enough. It just seems that this year they've got decent depth players and a couple of starters right out the gate. And we actually may see a couple of more starters because if, if you look at what's going on at defensive tackle, uh, because you've got, um, Neville Gallimore Gallimore is uh, probably going to be on IR. It looks like Osa Adikizua is going to be one starter. That pretty much says that Urban or Watkins is going to be the other starter. Mm -hmm. And they actually might be the starters, say, they may prefer to go with Urban and Watkins side-by-side on running downs, which could make them technically the starters when they're not in the nickel. Uh, so I think they got a lot more than I've seen them get in a long time. I can't remember when I was coming in thinking that three free agents were going to be day one starters for the Cowboys. And I feel like we're going to see that, uh, are they going to be quality starters? We still have to find out, but at least they're going to have people lining up out there with the ones.
1: Yeah. Well, it is better than the McKenzie Bertados or, Nolan Carroll's of the past um, that never even made it to training, you know, uh, never even made it Ricks. out of training camp, right? At least these guys made it through the gauntlet. So, hey, well, they'll give us plenty to talk about. We'll have a lot more to talk about as we get you ready. The next episode you hear of the Riled Up Podcast will be a fantastic getting you hyped up preview to take on the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, and all the likes of what's going down in Tampa as the Cowboys will be taking off. Dak Prescott packing up his uh, very expensive new suitcase, and I'm sure jet-setting across the country to get the Cowboys hopefully off to a great start as the regular season gets going. So with that, we will see you next Thursday night. And again, get you ready for that fantastic game we got going on. Hit us up on social media, as I mentioned, at Tom B T B at rw W three. On Twitter, if you want to give us your thoughts on how you think the Cowboys have done this offseason, give us your grade, right? One to ten. What do you think? And by the way, make sure you follow the Blogging the Boys YouTube page where we will be having all sorts of fantastic content for you all season long surrounding your favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. So for that, Tom, the next time I see you, brother, let us talk some pigskin and let us get the Cowboys off to a great start this season. For Tom, I'm Roy. That's a Thursday. We'll see you.